Hey everyone, welcome to 41 Strong Podcast. My name is Chuck Tate. Great to have you with us today. 41 Strong is a podcast that offers encouraging scriptures and stories for people like you to hold on and stand strong. For more information about 41 Strong or 41 Will Come, you can visit my website, chuckytate.com. I also want to let you know that we have a seven-day reading plan now available on YouVersion for those of you that have the Bible app on your phone. Well, today is episode 123, and my guest is Jolene Underwood. She is the founder of Rise Up Writers. She's going to tell you more about that later on in the podcast. But first, let me officially welcome her to the podcast. Jolene, welcome to 41 Strong. Great to have you here today. Thank you so much, Chuck. I'm excited to chat with you and talk about 41 Strong. Yes, and we actually met like a few years ago. At, I, I was just talking to you on the phone before we started that back in 2015 when I won my publishing contract at Rewrite Conference in Austin, Texas. You are from the Austin Austin area, and you were at Rewrite. I was, and I clearly remember when that contract was awarded, and I just remember seeing your face when you got up on stage, <laughs> and I looked at you, and there was something in my spirit that just connected with the passion inside of you to not just have won a book contract, but that there was something about what you were writing that was so passionate within you that the message needed to be shared. And here you were going to get an opportunity to do it through a traditionally published book. And I just was super excited for you. Well, well, thank you so much, Lee. I really, really appreciate that. It's a moment that I'll never forget, and, and kind of cool that last week on our episode 122, um, Whitney Gossett from Fed Agency was was in the house and kind of reliving that two weeks in in a row. But um, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about you and your ministry and your passion, and I want to talk about the things that God is doing in you and through you. I'm really honored that you would take the time to to hang out with us today because I know you have a lot to offer. And you call yourself an emotional health warrior, a soul, a soul care mentor. And as a pastor, I know how many people struggle with emotional health and soul care. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? How, how did you end up being this emotional health um, warrior? I know that um, something happened years ago that ignited this passion. But um, why don't you just give us a little bit of an introduction and a glimpse into into your story and how this came about. Yeah, sure. Um, so initially, it kind of started way back after high school when I ended up in an eating disorders uh, clinic with significant depression and self-harm. And at the time, I knew that I needed healing, obviously, because I was having these outward expressions of pain. But I had a lot of personal insight that was, I didn't even know that I had until my therapist said, wow, you're very insightful. And I was like, okay, well, I have no idea what to do with that. And a friend recently pointed out to me kind of this full circle where I went through another extreme season of pain and then healing where God brought about um, ways to actually receive his healing where that insight became something that was actually practical and applicable applicable in my life. Um, so what happened is we had served through various ministries over the years, homeschooling, running a nonprofit library. And then back in 2012, our family moved to live on a ranch where we took care of foster children and we had up to 12 children at a time in our home. 
we lived there for 14 months. It was not land that was owned by us. It was owned by the foster agency. And we came home after those 14 months. Well, I should say when we came home, I pretty much collapsed. I was not able to function well. And um, I had an elder that looked at me and he was the first one to say, Jolene, you're showing signs of PTSD. And I was, and he said trauma. And I looked at him and I was like, trauma? I don't have trauma. The kids I dealt with had trauma. Um, and so I started realizing not only did I need healing from the trauma that I'd experienced then, but old wounds that never got healed when I was in the clinic before. That insight didn't do me much good to actually receive the healing that I needed. And so I was at a point where I had been diagnosed with acute anxiety, the signs of PTSD, significant depression, and I just knew this was a pivotal point in my life. I could either choose a path of healing or I could let it completely overtake me. Mm. And so I said, okay, Lord, let's go on a path of healing. I don't want to live the way that I've lived all my life before. Even when things were kind of okay, there was still all these underlying fears and things that fueled anxiety within me that just escalated and were so exacerbated at the ranch and afterwards. And so it became a passion of mine to pursue the healing process with God, whatever that looked like. And it it took a number of different paths over the last several years, and I'm still on it. But what happened during that process of healing is my passion for other people to experience emotional growth and facing old wounds and um, even current patterns that actually started years ago and doing the hard work within their soul so that they can experience more of God continued to grow and it actually played off old passions that I forgot that I had in Christian counseling and my bachelor's degree in psychology. And so it all kind of culminated together in the last few years to do what I'm doing today. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Well, I mean, and I just got to backtrack for a second up to 12 foster kids. Is that all at one time? <laughs> I mean, was that, I mean, throughout, throughout your journey of fostering kids, um, I mean, how many did you have at a home at one time? It was a total of up to 12 children in our home at one time because we brought three of our biological children with us. We had one boy, a teen, who had been living with us. Um, He was there for a short while. So we had anywhere from five to nine foster children in addition to our children um, the whole time we were there. Wow. Wow. Bless you. And and helping them navigate their their issues, obviously, um, eventually— kind of carried over onto you is that I mean is that basically what you were saying a little bit yeah Uh, I I had a kind of a parenting paradigm and a life paradigm shift while I was fostering where I realized that managing behavior just doesn't work (laughs) yeah um you know it's one of those things that you might kind of know but when you're faced with a situation with children whose um, behavior comes from a place of emotional pain and, and other things you know whether there's just been developmental trauma or whatever you have to think beyond the ways that you've thought before and find new ways to reach their heart because if you don't reach the heart first the behavior change doesn't matter gotcha gotcha well you mentioned you're still on your journey to healing and and um, I mean, it's, 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 
always going to be a journey for all, for all of us. Um, I noticed uh, there was a post you made within the last couple of days, and, and I don't remember it exactly, except for basically the, the gist of the meme was, or uh, what you were saying was, oftentimes when we run into people who are struggling with anxiety and depression, as a Christian, oftentimes we kick in with these automatic responses like, just trust God, man. Just trust God. It's like, yeah. you're struggling, just trust God. Without leaning in and sitting with somebody, crying with somebody, actually hearing them, praying with them. Can you shed a little bit of light on that post? Yeah, one of the things that I was trying to convey was that one of the reasons that we tend to do this, because I do it too, is I believe that we have a hard time dealing with our own anxiety at someone else's discomfort. Mm. Um, because we want to fix things. That's kind of the nature from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, right? We want to figure it out for ourselves and know how to make things better. But we need to rely on Christ and what we kind of forget as believers who want to do well and and are striving in the Christian life is that there's so much more um, receiving and the beauty of God's presence in the struggle and in those hard times that it's not up to us. And actually, we might be either playing God or just shutting down our own humanity, the, our own um, ability to connect with God in a place of doubt and confusion. Um, it's okay to have those feelings and to wrestle through those moments it's a that's an opportunity to really experience more of god and so um i think in a in a head knowledge sort of way we're starting to become more aware as believers in general that we don't necessarily need to say something trite but we don't necessarily practice simply being present mm. yeah that's good in fact that reminds me of a time when I was an inexperienced youth pastor years ago. I've been pastoring the church that I lead for 20 years, and prior to that, I was in youth ministry for eight years, and my very first youth pastor position, I, I think I was like 19, that's when I got licensed and ordained, and um, I had a a guy coming to the youth group who was, he was actually 18, so I was pretty close to the same age as him, right? But he was a part of it, and he was unchurched, and his life was a mess, and he was on on drugs and, and just struggled with multiple um, issues, emotional health. And I'll never forget, he called me about 3 o'clock in the morning, and this is, of course, before cell phones, and uh, I was um, living at home, and the phone rang and got on the line with him, and he was he was tripped out, he was strung out. Um, I don't know if he was high or drunk, but he was not in a good place, and he was just screaming into the phone. And on in this conversation, he said he had a gun, and he said, "I want you to, I want you to just give me a reason why I shouldn't pull this trigger." That's one of the things that he said to me, and oh, wow. um, I was kind of shell shocked in that moment. And being young in ministry, I said something that I've learned never to say unless it's true. And I said, hey, man, I know how you feel. And I didn't. Had I, it would have been okay to say that. I said, I know how you feel. I, I know what you're going through. 
And the reality is I had no clue at what he was going through. I was raised in church <laughs> my entire life. My dad was in ministry, and, and um, I practically came out of the womb saved. And, um, and he just began to yell at me. He's like, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know where I'm and, and it just, it rocked me, and I said, you know what, dude, you are absolutely right. I am so sorry. I have, I have no idea what you're going through. That's an auto response. And I, I don't know how you feel, but I know somebody who does. And I just said, man, I, I love you and I'm here for you. We get together. And, and I just began to pray with them. And um, praise the Lord, he didn't pull the trigger. And he came back and God began to work in his life. But it was a great lesson I learned that day not to go into this auto response mode, especially nowadays when people are dealing with PTSD and um, so many um, emotional issues, we have to be careful not to just throw a scripture nonchalantly in somebody's face. We have to be willing to, to listen, to really, to really hear them. Yeah. How, how powerful that it sounds like, you know, the spirit kind of grabbed a hold of you in that moment and helped you kind of course correct in the sense of, wait a minute, you know, no, I don't. And that was humility to come back to him, even though he had yelled at you and make space for him to be validated that, hey, I don't really have it figured out, but I, I, I care about you. And I know that that's, you know, the well-meaning intention of most of us is we care. We don't know what to do, but um, we can practice kind of just letting God be God in that moment. And just because somebody's struggling with something, we don't have to have the answer for them. In fact, it's going to be so much better when they're able to wrestle with God and let God give them the answers. There's time to give wisdom and all that, but that validation and just the opportunity to actually share emotional pain in an honest way is huge, huge. Yeah, Amen. I love that. I've had to, I've had to learn that the hard way more than once. Uh, early on in ministry, I felt like I had to have the answer, and I would, I would just say anything to have an answer. And of course, I, I learned pretty quick that it's best to say, you know what? I don't got a clue. I don't, I don't know, but I, I do know this. I know Jesus will sustain you, and I know that He can use me to just be with you right now. And um, we can find the answer together. So let's. Um, yeah. Speaking of, of the answer, I mean, how has God brought healing in your life, Jolene? Well, it has been interesting to me that it's been through a number of different things. You know, sometimes um, we talk about a particular aspect of emotional health, let's say depression or anxiety, and and we'll hear different um, things that can be helpful, and they may be true, but they're not usually complete. And what God tends to do in my observation and what he's done in my own life is he works through whatever means he chooses to work through. And so when I say that, I'm encouraging kind of a whole person perspective that I had to kind of talk with him about whether or not I was going to seek out medication for help, what part was physiological and could be, you know, helped with simple things like exercise. But the biggest thing for me, I wasn't able to do those things initially um, I'm finally working out today and that's taken years, but initially, um, God was starting to reveal belief systems that I'd held on to my whole life. And so one of them, for example, was that I kind of saw myself as God's protector and I wasn't able to receive 
his protection of me. I knew these things from a young age. I had grown up in a Lutheran church. I knew the right things to believe and that kind of thing. But when he revealed um, that he was not only my protector, um, but he asked, I, I had experienced, let's say, let me put that back. I had opportunities to experience him in that way by choosing to remember what he had said and act as if I already believed it. So, for example, a situation happened with a person and I had to stand up for myself um, and I was terrified. But then I was able to kind of step back with God and speak up and do what I needed to do. And within a couple of hours, I experienced a tremendous relief of fear. Um, that was one thing that he had done. Another thing was through um, EMDR. EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. I won't go into all the detail of that, but people can look it up or they can contact me for more information. The bottom line is it's a natural way of releasing trauma that's actually stored in your brain. Mm. And it's also tied with belief systems that affect how we operate. So through various... um, I went through a few different counselors in several years, and I still go back to one counselor on occasion. The EMDR therapy was super powerful in not only my ability to receive some things from God, but a physiological release of some of that fear that actually lived in what felt like every cell of my body. So those are a few of the ways that he worked through it. And then another one is through Unleashed Sheets, which is a tool that came out of a a really hard season when I was trying to write. I couldn't write, and I thought, oh, I'll create a planner because I can't write. (laughs) As if creating a planner would be easier. (laughs) All I really wanted was I'm a self-reflective kind of person, and so I had all these questions that I kept asking, and I thought if I had a planner where people asked these questions, they could kind of engage with God in these self-reflective ways and God could reveal things in their lives. And so um, what ended up happening is I took those questions. I started seeing that they were something completely different and God, I felt, gave me direction and kind of reshaping the organization of them. And so out of that came a tool that helped me and has already helped hundreds of others process life challenges, um, process just hearing from God, identifying unhealthy belief systems, working out and identifying emotions that they may not be aware of, and experiencing God's presence in those moments. So I still use that today. Excellent. Excellent. Well, tell us about Rise Up Writers. Rise Up Writers started a few years ago (laughs) when I felt like God said, encourage authors. And it was kind of out of the blue. And I said, well, I don't know any, so you're going to have to help me. <laughs> and and within a few weeks, I went to a local retreat, and I met several authors and writers. And it started to become a little bit more clear. I got the name Rise of Writers, and I just started with a newsletter. And my sense at the time was, write Christian writers face obstacles of the enemy trying to keep them from doing the work that God's called them to do. And their own fears and struggles and the enemy attacks are keeping them from doing what God's called them to do. And we need their words. And then you have platform tension on top of that. And because people feel icky about that, rather than recognizing just an opportunity to serve well to other people, I want to encourage people in that place. So Rise Up Writers is really more of a collective effort. I have more people that help me on that team because it's not my my primary focus. 
but it's about practical and spiritual care for the life of a writer. Excellent. Well, how, I mean, I, and I, I, even as a published author, I still struggle with, with writing and getting stuck and needing mm-hmm. help myself. So there's so, uh, man, I know there are so many people out there that are going to benefit from Unleash Sheets and Rise Up Writers. So why don't you just tell our listeners, viewers right now, um, how they can get more information about Rise Up Writers, how they can get information about uh, Unleash Sheets, how they can learn from you and follow you on social media, all the above. Tell us where to go. <laughs> Great. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> well, um, so I think one of the best places to start is JoleneUnderwood.com. Okay. And if your primary focus is just in the writing or any Christian communication, this could be also entrepreneurs. It's any kind of writing um, or speaking. It's RiseUpWriters.com. So we have two, I have two separate sites. Um, and at JoleneUnderwood.com, you'll find Unleashed Sheets. It should be easy. It's JoleneUnderwood.com forward slash Unleashed. On social media, I'm the Jolene U pretty much everywhere at the Jolene U and um, both my blog with the Unleashed Sheets and Rise Up Writers recently came together for what became an on-the-go retreat package. It was a live event and I'm in the process of um, changing it up to be a retreat package for really creatives who face the challenges like you were talking about. We did a weekend retreat using Unleashed Sheets um, and focusing on obstacles like comparison and ambition and rejection so that we can um, work these out with God and be released to do the work that God's called us out to do. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate your time, Jolene. Thank you so much. Really, really. I I mean, I just... 20 minutes goes fast when you're, we're going to have to have you back. So, um, <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Chuck. It's been an honor to talk with you today. Oh, it's been excellent to have you here. And uh, for those of you that are perhaps just joining us at the, at the very end, we have been visiting with emotional health warrior and soul care mentor Jolene Underwood. And like she said, you can get more information from her at JoleneUnderwood.com. For those of you interested in Rise Up Riders, you can go to RiseUpRiders.com. From a fellow, one fellow writer to another, we all face resistance. In fact, the focus of my next book is plowing through resistance to live the life God intends for us to live and to receive all that God has for us. So resistance is something that we all need help breaking through. So guys, take advantage. Go to Jolene's website. Again, that's JoleneUnderwood.com, RiseUpWriters.com. You can follow Jolene on social media at the Jolene you there you have it so um jolene once again thanks so much for hanging out on 41 strong today thank you all right well guys again my guest has been jolene underwood so for our producer mike sable i'm chuck tate we look forward to seeing you next week on 41 strong purialife.com